Welcome. My name is Troy. With me is Jason. What is up? It's another week and another stellar edition of NXT. That's right, because if there are two things I know, one... You don't have to be gay to want to fuck a guy in the butt. And two, it's time for a new episode of NXT Revisited. This is the January 16th episode of NXT, and we start the show off with The Street Profits. Um, I enjoy where The Street Profits have opposite pants of each other. And they <laughs> touch Because <laughs> they, they could go with matching gear, or they could just go with random gear. But instead, they're like, no, we're going to collaborate. Yeah, and the uh, the right off the bat, the thing that I noticed that I found interesting was apparently Nigel McGuinness flew home from the UK last night because last night on 205 Live, they said he couldn't be on the show because he was at the UK Performance Center. Yeah. Now, I know this was taped in advance, but <laughs> fucking kayfabe, guys, right? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, So one thing that we know for sure on this match or of, of this team is Montez Ford can dance. Yes. That that motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. Um also he looks like a Luke Cage villain to me. Really? <laughs> the glasses when he comes out and everything like that. He just looks like he's a comic book villain. <laughs> okay. I I pop for the fact that when they came out, Nigel's like, they got their chains and their sippy cups back. Like Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh so you'll have to explain to me what is the little like motion that everyone in the crowd does they're stirring it up they're stirring it up okay yes because they've got the the something on their their like forehead right that that's like their other take their their other other uh catchphrase over something uh-huh. i don't know anyway <laughs> uh they're facing chris and jc the metro brothers the metrosexuals which caused me to say who who the, oh, who the fuck are the Metro Brothers? <laughs> I'm sorry, Metrosexuals. Sorry, the Metrosexuals, yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, Chris and JC have been on this show before in the sort of tag team jobber role. Okay. Um, if you if you looked real quick, you would think Deuce and Domino got re-signed. See, now, now I put Deuce and Domino part two, so. There you go, see? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Chris Metro started the matchup against Ford. Uh, I have here, Ford has really pronounced nipples. <laughs> okay really in there um <laughs> we take very different notes, we do take very different notes. <laughs> um yeah so ford and metro start uh ford works them over tags and dawkins they get excited and start shoving each other and then dawkins shoves ford to the mat <laughs> so, yep yeah sure that's sure um you, you gotta love the energy of these guys yeah for sure. And, and it's infectious. The crowd picks up on it and the crowd gets into it. Um, at one point, my favorite spot, I think, of the match was uh, they did a spot where Dawkins goes to suplex, back suplex uh, Ford onto the opponent, except they were completely misaligned. So Ford just went right onto the guy's knees like, yeah. oh, you, you just suplexed your opponent into a counter. Nice. Yeah. Good job. I, I know that's <laughs> 
Um, I I enjoyed Montez Ford uh, screaming. That was a fun little <laughs> out of out of the blue, just ah, really fucking loud and shrill. Yeah, um, yeah, no, was, you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, Ford gets tagged in, hits a frog splash for the three count. Uh, the f- fucking height he gets on that thing yeah. is just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but before they can celebrate for too long, the Forgotten Sons attack the Street Profits. Okay, the- before you, before we go there, because I got okay. stuff on that too. Um, it's funny because I watch Montez Ford and I think to myself, this guy has the charisma and talent to be a star. Mm-hmm. But there's something about it. I don't know if it's just that he's very slight, like it's he's he's. It, no, I don't think it's that. But <laughs> um, but no, he's just like a small-ish guy. Like he's. He looks like a 205 Live guy, and you hope he doesn't end up there, given you know what goes on to guys that end up there. Um, but he's got so much more, and maybe if he got a little more beef to him, a little more mass, uh, Vince might see a lot in him. Yeah, I can see that. Um, so the Forgotten Sons, in case nobody watches the show, uh, is Jackson Riker, who is the former gunner in TNA. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve Cutler, which was the former prime cut Steve Cutler, who was just kind of a jobber, and Wesley Blake, who's the former Wesley Blake. Uh, so you're gonna you're gonna have to explain something to me because yes, Wesley Blake was not the one banging Alexa Bliss. That was his former tag team partner, Buddy Murphy. Uh, Wesley Blake is, however, married to Tough Enough winner Sarah Lee. Yes, because uh, nobody doesn't like Sarah Lee. Right, he he threw a baby in her. Yeah. Um, so okay, ruined her career. <laughs> Explain to me why the Forgotten Sons get X Pac heat. I, I think they're just not over. Like they, they're constantly around, and, and these NXT tapings, they give them all sorts of stuff and stuff to do, and they're out there in tag matches and singles matches, and they're just not over. The fans don't like them. So, okay. I I had a lot of issues with the crowd in this episode. Uh, oh, see, I thought the crowd was great in this spot, but so there there was. There was a lot of good about it. There was other things that were kind of bad, in my opinion. I have no problem with the crowd chanting, we forgot you. That's funny. Yeah. That's yeah. a good chant. It's yeah. when you have like one person yell out of the crowd like, you suck. It's just like, oh, gosh, come on, dude. Uh, well, it, you got to also keep in mind, we're, we're two weeks away from, from uh, the next takeover. So... At this point in the tapings, you're probably getting towards the end of a four-hour marathon taping, and the crowd tends to get the energy tends to come down a little bit in the crowd, um, and they can't keep keep that energy up the whole time. Um, even after the "We Forgot You" chant, they also got a "Stay Forgotten" chant, which yeah. was pretty good too. Yeah. yeah. And then a "You Still Suck" chant after they hit a move, which was funny as well. Yeah. Um, so, anything else you have to say about that segment, or you want to move on? Uh, that was pretty much it for that one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Queef Lee and Matt Riddle are backstage with Tits, Mc, tits McBlowjobs. Um, for some what reason, the fuck? <laughs> for some reason, uh, you're getting a new start on that Patreon exclusive only show a little ahead of time there. I yeah, think. You know. You know. Um, so Riddle says he can't be at ringside because he's not medically cleared. That's not a thing because <laughs> we have seen. Uh, Xavier Woods with a broken fucking leg at ringside of, of every single match that, that the New Day was in. That's, uh, that's main roster. They have different rules at full sale. I'm pretty sure that they don't medically clear some of the valets that have been down there, and they're able to be ringside. Uh, but more on that, because 
He does not stay backstage I'm, in this episode. <laughs> I'm pretty sure William Regal gives all of them a thorough physical before they're yes, yes. they come out. Yes, that's true. That's true. Um, so, anything to say about the the promo here, but for from Riddle? Um, it was kind of interesting because Keith Lee is the one with the match and didn't get to say a fucking word. He didn't say uh, anything? No, just not at all. <laughs> Matt Riddle clearly high as fuck. Um, and it, rock, it's a good thing they're on a college campus because he's rocking that dress shirt, tie with a backwards hat look um, that uh, you couldn't you, pull off. You missed a key key part of his wardrobe tonight. Oh, I'm sorry. What was that? He's wearing flip flops too. He he always wears flip flops. That's <laughs> the gimmick. Know, no, no, he always wears those. But you couldn't see that in the promo. We didn't oh, find that out till later. So, um, yeah, no, it, it, it's just <laughs> I love Matt Riddle. He's just so delightfully. Um, unaware of the world around him i guess is the best way to put it he, or high as fuck however you want to do it he's he's somehow a less coherent rvd and rvd <laughs> was always fun on the mic so yeah fair know. point that's a good comparison yeah um yeah so then um before we we get into more here we get a quick shot of... I, I still say with matt riddle uh, while we're on the topic yeah, I, I said it in our host thread so i'll say it now in the broadcast everyone can say it Matt Riddle to me looks like if Jason Siegel and um, shit, what's the other guy that I'm thinking of? Oh God! See now the joke's not funny because I completely blanked. Can you give some James, Franco. James Franco. If James Franco and Jason Siegel fucked, that would be their kid. Would be Matt Riddle because he he looks like a combination of those two guys. There you go. Um, Unless I just really want to see those two guys fuck, which maybe, is possible maybe, too. I mean, anything's possible. Uh, the the image that they use for Bianca Belair doesn't really look like her. Seems like maybe they did a little touching up on on their face. Uh, it's like, not it's not Carmella SmackDown graphic bad it's though. Not, it's not, <laughs> but it's, it's there. Um, so of course, yeah, like you said, we do have just one more NXT before Takeover Phoenix. Um, I'm pretty sure that we have every match set now for Takeover Phoenix. Uh, we got the tag title match with uh, we got. Well, we, I don't think they've officially announced Gargano and Ricochet. I oh, think they've they've both sort of said they want it. I don't think they've officially announced it yet. Yeah, so so we typically get five matches. So we got the heavyweight championship that we know of. We got the tag team championship we know of. We got the women's championship that we know of. We assume we know what the North American title is going to be. Uh, and, that, Ricochet, yeah. and that leaves one more spot open. Which is good. probably going to be Cassisono and Riddle, I think. You think it'll leave Adam Cole off the pay-per-view? I don't know. I, the only, the only I mean, I guess he'll get involved in the tag match somehow, but yeah, the only people that I no Velveteen Dream. He doesn't have anything going on either, though. Maybe they'll throw. Maybe they'll make it a four way for the North American title or something. That's throw the them all out. I can think because yeah, the only other person who has a storyline is Matt Riddle. So yeah, because everyone else doesn't really have anything going on right now. So. But I mean, we're only two weeks out, and Matt, Matt Riddle hasn't even been medically cleared to be at ringside, <laughs> much less competing true. in a match. So yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> Um, speaking of him, Alistair Black gives a promo in front of a 90s school photo backdrop. Uh, <laughs> Lasers! Yes. No. <laughs> the, the, uh, so, Alistair Black's from the Netherlands, but he does not have an accent that I can I can pick out. He does if you hear him not cutting promos. If you hear him in interviews, it's there. Yeah, okay. Uh, this was kind of a normal, generic promo to me. Nothing, yeah. nothing, nothing really special. Yeah, uh, nothing stood out. Um, so we can move on to Bianca Belair, the yeastiest of NXT. 
<laughs> okay, so you'll have to explain something else to me. Okay. Um, why does everyone in the crowd dance like kitty cats when she comes out? <laughs> it's just sort of a little entrance thing that she does. Where she sort of like skips around. Okay. Yeah, it's um, we weird. Do get to, I don't know. We, we do get a chant of undefeated for Bianca. She does have a decent line, though, where she says that 2019 has just begun, but she has 2020 vision for that title. So yeah. I enjoyed that. Uh, anything else to say about just her alone promo? I didn't like it. It just, it was sort of brutal for me, actually, to be completely honest with you. Um, I, I found her getting her delivery and, and some of the lines just get got annoying really quick for me. She seemed to get lost a couple of times. Yeah, I, I don't know. The whole undefeated thing, it just sort of grates on me. Yeah. And when the fuck did this girl become a face? Because she's been running around like an asshole. Nikki Cross was a face. She was just working her last week, cheating, by the way, in her match with her. She and now she's well, a face. She became a, a face two sentences into this promo. I guess. Because she started off being like, I'm, I made Nikki Cross leave her. And it's like... That's not a real face thing to say to like nope. be proud of the fact that she you forced another and like you didn't make her leave she was already already leaving like Vince McMahon made her leave. <laughs> I made Vince call her up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you that'll show her getting paid more than me now. <laughs> uh, she is interrupted by the three horsemen who bothered to show up to NXT. Horsewomen. <laughs> Did I say? Oh, sorry, horsewomen. <laughs> Uh, and I'm not talking about uh, Lillian Garcia. I'm talking about, of course, Shayna Baszler, <laughs> Jessamyn Duke, and Maria Shafir. Um, Did you say Maria? Marina, sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm tired. You had a Sal moment there. I did have a Sal moment. Which, by the way, that is, that is definitely my new game. Okay, so uh, to everyone listening out there, the next time that we get um, a Salvation, which I think I'm going to be on for some reason... Um, <laughs> Make sure to have some kind of alcohol that you can take shots yes. of. Drinking game, yep. And drink every single time he mispronounces a word. He doesn't think he does. No. Nope. He even listens back to his episode. He's like, no, no, I didn't say United States. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, um, every time I hear Shayna Baszler's voice, I just think, you know, if Disney ever does a movie where they need like a 12 year old school bully, Shayna Baszler. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Um, Shayna says she's going to tear Bianca's arms off and uh, Duke and Shafir have no fucking clue what to do during this entire promo. Not at all. <laughs> they nope. just stand there looking menacing. Yeah, they do not look comfortable out there in the least. No. Uh, Shayna does hit the kill shot saying that she will change Bianca's vocabulary from undefeated to overrated. Yeah, that was a good line. That was a great line. That's a mic drop moment, but of course she doesn't drop the mic <laughs> because she instead turns around and then turns around again and gets slapped in the face. So here's here's my favorite part of this. So uh, the taller one, I think Shafir, misses a kick. Bianca Belair runs away, and then she yells at her, I'm right here, you can fight me. Yeah, they were trying to. You ran away. <laughs> yeah. Like, another face move, run away. Yeah, another face move, run away, and then be like, I'm right here, fight me. Slap someone in the face, run away, and then challenge them to fight you. Because face. Yeah. Um, to me, obviously, it does feel like Belair is going to win that title. Obviously, we will get to that on, on next week's episode of the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. Um, but I, I hope she doesn't, so the undefeated thing goes away. Me too. Um, 
Because... She is not ready for that role, by the way. Not really. No. And I feel like she's lost. <laughs> now, I, now I have to now I have to look at cagematch.com to see if she's lost. Lost. Well, I mean, if you want to get technical, she was in the she was in the Mae Young Classic. She lost there, so she's definitely been pinned on WWE Network programming. Uh, I believe she was in the was it the WrestleMania Battle Royal? She's so she was in the WrestleMania sick. Battle Royal. So I know that they kind of say like it has to be a singles match usually for something like that. Um, but yeah. So let's see here. Wrestling statistics. <laughs> okay, so she's forty-eight and sixty-eight. So I'm gonna say that's not undefeated. Oh, that sounds that sounds actually like a very poor record. So okay, so that sounds very defeated, actually. Wait, like like often defeated. Wait, <laughs> hold on, hold on a second here. So 2018, she was 25 and 29. She had a losing record last year. What is what's going on here? <laughs> well, on. a lot of those are those Florida house show shows that you know they don't count. Yeah. Okay. So house shows. So no contest you would count as like not a loss, right? She, she did not be. She was not defeated in that scenario. Okay. Because yeah, we've got. She lost a tag match. Uh, Io Shirai beat her on a house show. All right, so let's let's take out everything else and let's just look at um, actual televised matches. And we'll just we'll 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 hold them to it and do just singles matches. Okay. Okay. Let's see what we got here. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Well. Yep. So she did. She lost one on one in the Mayan Classic 2017. Yeah. Which, was at Full Sail University, so I consider that NXT. But it was not an NXT event, so. Yes, but I guess. So. Well, I mean, that's like saying if Barnum and Bailey Circus came to fucking Full Sail, do you count that as NXT? Oh, yeah. It's not an NXT event. Yeah. But she's had twelve televised matches. Well, she's. <laughs> so yeah, you're undefeated in twelve matches. Like. Yeah. Hey, Pete Dunne's held his title for six years, and he's had eighteen defenses. That's true. So, you know, they're putting that shit over. Yeah, and true. I can bring that up because that's also UK, that's also NXT related. So, well, I mean, you can bring up whatever you want. It's our show. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anything else to say about that? Or uh, No, I think we've given this uh, segment way more time than it actually needed to have. Probably. Um, oh, boy. Uh, I think I just forgot how to, spell, how to pronounce this guy's name. Adrian Jaoud? Jowd, yeah. Jowd, that's what it is. Adrian Jowd arrives in the ring and does some capoeira. His opponent is Dominic Dijakovic. Dijakovic, isn't it? Nope. Okay. Dijakovic. Okay. Because we'll get there. Morrow does correct them. Um, so two dudes with hard to pronounce names, which is a great <laughs> match too. <laughs> um, I do feel like though, if. Uh, uh, Dijakovic gets to the main roster. McMahon's going to be like, "Can we like shorten his name to Dijak?" <laughs> um, also, Dijakovic needs some less busy trunks. He's got too much going on in those things. There's Who? Like Dijakovic. Why? He's got an American flag thing, and then he's something got, like, on the other side. Flag over here, and he's got a little thing over here. It's just I don't know. It's a little too much for you. 
Um, <laughs> I've seen way more, but okay. Uh, also, every match on this show had Nigel reminding us that a bunch of people left NXT for the main roster. Yes. Um, oh, we'll we'll have a lot of discussion about the NXT call-ups tomorrow night on the rundown, though. Yeah, so stay yeah. tuned, fans. We're not going to get into that right now. Yeah. So the line that 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 Morrow says is, "We have to scratch that itch because it's Dijakovic, not Dijakovic." That's the actual thing he says. Okay, but, but of course, Black Eye announcer mispronounces it directly after he gets told that. So, <laughs> um, but Dijakovic. Oh, that reminded me one yeah. one more thing early on because I, I I didn't mention it earlier. Um, the Forgotten Sons when they when they attacked um, the Street Profits, mm-hmm. all I could think of is please tell me this isn't setting up like Percy Watson becoming the third Street Prophet to oh. even the odds here because. I, I, I don't know if that's I, they, they are, I don't know I hope yeah. they're not doing that I hope not he was putting them over pretty hardcore that's all I'm saying he definitely was <laughs> he was he was doing that uh, that thing that William Regal used will do on NXT Revisited Classic where he like tells an entire life story of a guy that he like probably has never met but yes. appears yeah. to know exactly everything about him yeah that yeah. was Percy does that where he's just like. Uh, yeah, uh, Angela Dawkins likes his eggs over easy, and, uh, you know, Montez This Ford. guy had anal sex 25 years ago. Yeah, no, just... I don't think either uh, one of them is old enough to have, have had anal sex 25 years ago, unless they were on the receiving end of it. I, <laughs> all right, I think we've gone deep enough down that Hershey Highway, yeah, if you will. You yep. Uh, <laughs> So somebody must have forgot to tell Jaud that this is a wrestling match, not an MMA match, because that's what the majority I, of this match looked like to me. That's what I thought too. So I, I noticed as well. You mentioned it earlier, Jaud doing his capoeira, because um, uh, you know it was like only the strong out there. Um, but so, god damn it. Okay, here. So I, I have the thing. Match turned into a UFC fight with ground game and top mount for quite a bit of time. Um, Dijak takes over the thing. The crowd at this point is dead fucking silent. And for full disclosure, I'm a huge Dijak fan. I've worked with him several times. Adam, I know, is constantly putting him over as well-deserved. Uh, and I think he's going to be a star somewhere down the road. But here's my problem. And we talked about this a little bit last week. These enhancement matches are getting way too competitive. Why is Adrian Jowd like owning the match against Dijak and Dijak comes back at the end. Like did, did Dijak get over in this match? I mean, he went over, but did he seem special to you? Cause he seemed like a guy that struggled to beat a jobber to me. That was like the street profits match was the perfect example of how this is supposed to be done. Exactly. They were in control the entire time. And, and yep. it's like, it's not, it's not quite a squash match because there was a little bit of offense, but, it's an enhancement match. This was like, I'm like, are these two guys facing off each other, each other at, at Phoenix or what? Right. Because they, they, it was, it was a pretty long match. Um, the next match that we have as well is in that same kind of vein where Johnny Gargano and Umberto Carrillo have a long fucking match too, and yeah, and we'll get there. But yeah, we'll uh. Get there. Yeah, way too competitive. Dijak eventually hits the feast your eyes uh, and gets oh the win. Oh, God, that's a, such a dumb catchphrase. Oh, see, I don't mind. I'm sorry. I guess if he didn't do the little, like, 
pointing at his eyes at the end, maybe? I don't know. It just seemed kind of goofy. I don't know. I, I think it makes him stand out. I've always liked it. So. it. It would, except for the fact that him and Queef Lee have the exact same catchphrase. No, they don't. Bask in my glory and feast your eyes sound very fucking similar to each other. They're no, both, they don't. It's both, it's both looking at me. It's both looking how no, great bask, I am. Bask in my glory, you're standing in it. You're like a. It's like you're in the shadow of his glory. You're stand like it's not looking at it. It's right. being in it. I guess. We get a War Raiders promo video. This was weird. This was definitely weird. This was Ascension style weird. Uh, <laughs> so this reminded me of the old Bludgeon Brothers promos before they debuted. Uh, yep. Yep. Uh, so the War Raiders, who, by the way, you know. Not everybody can be a talker in the business. And most of the time when you have, like, big burly dudes, they're not typically talkers. Both of these guys put up, do hit, do have good promo voices. They yeah. do put on good promos. They both can talk. Yeah. Uh, you know, you look at, you know, the, the Bludgeon, Bludgeon Brothers. Only one of them should ever be, be handed a mic. Right. <laughs> but these guys both do a good job. But they, they light two hay bales on fire that have the Undisputed Era logo on. That because was, yeah, that's that's what they did. Apparently, this is like a ritual that they must do. So, because they, they but we've act. never seen it before. They didn't do it before war games. You would think that would be the perfect opportunity for such an activity. Right, exactly. Um, but again, they had kind of, four bales of hay out there. It would have been yeah. Also, did was that just a steel folding chair on top of that thing with the logo on it? Looked like it. I th- I thought that's what it was. Yeah. Um, so the less said about that is is better. Uh, Johnny Gargano comes up next. Uh, to me, it's weird that Johnny sings along to his theme music. I, this is the first time I've seen him do it. Okay. Um, and and it, I actually have that in my notes because I don't remember ever seeing him do that before. Okay. Uh, and it very much reminded me of like when Sami Zayn came out and sort of started mockingly dancing to his yeah. theme song when he turned heel. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder if that's what Johnny's going for there. Could be. Could be. Uh, he's facing Umberto Carrillo. Who, if you haven't watched 205 Live, debuted on 205 Live the night before. Yeah. Uh, but, of course, Mexican Bo Dallas has no fucking chance of winning this match. Uh, <laughs> I, I Full disclosure, I'm an Umberto Carrillo fan. I love this guy. Every time I've seen him, I've been impressed. Yeah, so, okay. So, I, I will shit on everything possible, but the dude has a lot of fucking talent. Yes. Uh, his, his... It's very hard to accurately land when you're flipping all over the fucking place. I don't think he missed one move in this match. He hit pretty much everything dead on. So I give give Mexican Bo Dallas a lot of credit. Um, I did like at the beginning of this, uh, Johnny's little dancing spins to get out of the the arm lock. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, Sort of mock, too, which was nice. Yeah. Um, He's really dancing on that line between heel and face right now. Like He's cutting promos as though he still thinks he's the hero. But he's acting like an asshat, so I think that's a really cool dynamic that they're doing with him. He definitely is. Uh, I loved uh, him yelling "gotcha" before missing a kick. I thought that because <laughs> it was funny. Um, and then the hitting the the slingshot spear through the ropes. Oh gosh! Every Just, time, yeah. Um, one thing I was okay. So, like I said, I I had some issues with with the crowd here, and and. I, I get it, yeah. It's it's a long fucking night to watch that much wrestling, especially when like each one of the like promos that you get are like 
next week we're going to do this, and then it's like 25 minutes later. I get that. Um, yeah. But I don't think that every match needs a dual enchant. So, Fair enough. You yeah. Know, um. I, I, you know, I perhaps it comes from years of being in the business. Like, as long as they're not being quiet and or offensive, I don't really give a shit if they're what they're saying. As long as they're making noise, I suppose. Um, Carrillo hit a tope on the ramp, which is something we've never seen before in NXT. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, he, so he got a lot of offense in this match, like we said. Um, one of the one of the the best counters I've seen so far is he does. A like double flip off the top ropes and then just lands in Johnny's boots face, face right yep. in his face. Just yep. sort of reminded me of that moment when uh was it Velveteen Dream challenged Ricochet and he jumped over the top rope and landed on his feet on the apron. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, unless you have something else to say about the middle of the match, to go to the ending, which was the slingshot DDT, which got yeah, that was a little weird. Uh, not the Gargano escape, which is pretty much his standard finisher. Yeah. The uh, slingshot DDT, which is usually sort of one of his setup moves in, in those big spot matches. But yeah. eh. I, I was a fan when they mix it up and they don't always just rely on the finisher to win a match. Yeah. Well, it also kind of felt like, well, I don't even need to use my best move on you to beat you. you know? Yeah. So yeah. it might have been that too. Uh, and curious timing, because we go right to a Tommaso Champ of backstage segments. Um <laughs> He kisses his belt, talks a little bit, says they're not there. They are going to wait until takeover to face each other because that's what a main event champion does. Then kisses his belt again. Anything to really say about this promo either? Uh, Tommaso just kills it. I mean, there's, there's nothing else to say. Like the guy's promos are beautifully bizarre, and nothing. I, a guy does nothing wrong right now. So he's so he like. That that longing glance at the belt as he's done talking and just like the kiss too, like it's just beautiful, yeah. beautiful stuff. Yeah, he's always engaging. That's that's what I would say about him. You you, you like you just want to stop everything you're doing and listen. You're like, yes. Oh, what's what does he have to say? Um, we go <laughs> we go from that odd video package to a Velveteen Dream package video. And this was exactly what I come to expect from Velveteen Dream. <laughs> it's exactly what we saw last week. I think it's the same package they ran last week. Is it? I believe so. Okay. Well, and this is it's, it's sort of weird to me. It's like why? What are we? What are we doing? Like, is this the we don't have anything for him yet at Phoenix, so we want to make sure we keep him on your mind, even though he's not setting anything up right now? Like, I, I don't know what this is about. Like, it's it's one of those odd things too because. To me, you know, video packages have largely always been, like, for returning talent or debuting talent. So whenever they, they have something like this where, like, a normal wrestler that's on the sh- that should be on the show is just, like, in a weird video package where they're not setting anything up, they're not doing, like, Tommaso and Alistair Black talking to a certain person over that, they're just kind of, like, being like, hey, remember me? It does. It makes you think, like... You couldn't come up with anything for this guy to do? Like, there are a ton of people he hasn't faced yet. So. For the record, I'd appreciate it if you stopped calling my package weird. It's. Okay. I'm sorry. It's, it's okay. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's just strange. And it's not something they do typically for everyone. It's just the last two weeks for, for Velveteen, and I, I don't really get where we're going with it. But at least it's not EC3's ass. So there's that. The only thing I can think is that we're, we we might get a 
title changing hands at takeover and then velveteen becomes the next challenger for one of them that's pretty much the only thing i can see because otherwise like yeah what what is he gonna do you know especially if you've got you know matt riddle facing up against cassius ono which nobody wants to fucking see i do i like their matches okay well to me it's kind of it's it's still kind of sad to see cassius ono at this point just because but more on that in just a moment well that's what i was segwaying <laughs> okay um, yeah, because watching Cassius Ono back in 2012, when he's obviously in better shape, but also, to me, kind of more talented of a wrestler, to seeing him now, and especially in this role, where he's essentially just kind of jobber to the stars, and you you're, you kind of feel like he's an NXT lifer, you know? Like, he's not going to make it to the main roster, probably. I See... I had a different opinion in this match, but um, so well, I guess we'll get into it after we go through the recap. But um, Ono comes out with his Sacramento Kings baby boy underoos tonight, uh, so nice touch to that. The, the purple and black, uh, yeah. I thought it was Duke. No, no, it was Sacramento Kings. Purple and black. Yeah. I, I thought his, his his elbow pad made me think it looked like the Duke logo. Uh, unless the color color display on my TV is way the fuck off. It could be because I thought he was wearing blue. Uh, well, we'll have to go back and, and maybe somebody. If you're if you're listening to this show, go to the comments section of RundownWrestling.com and tell us what color Cassius Ono was wearing this week because <laughs> settle this bet for us. All right. Um, Keith Lee comes out to generic music number twelve. Um. But for some reason, it actually works for him. I don't like it's generic as all hell. It doesn't. There's no lyrics. It's just music. But for some reason, like it seems to work for him. I think it was a, a nice pick for him. Um, this was a this was a full out fucking hoss fight back and forth. And and to to your point about Cassius Ono, and this is the what I have in my notes here. He was selling like a motherfucker in this match. He was busting his ass to get Keith Lee over, uh, including taking a ridiculous high back body drop at one point um, where he almost went up and, and touched the lights. I mean, he was fucking way up there for a guy that size. Um, then they, they sort of transitioned to stiff shots. I think this is a point where they both sort of got gassed and the match really slowed down and you started to see a lot of like rest holds and little slow, slow charging at each other, and that they sort of lost me at that point. Um, but then they came back, and Keith Lee did an outside-in cross-body block on Cassius Ono, which was fucking like holy shit. Um, at one point, the referee takes a shot to the face, uh, maybe pushed into the um, Cassius Ono pushed Keith Lee into the referee who took the shot. Uh, ono then used that opportunity to deliver a low blow to Keith Lee. Uh, which prompted Morrow to yell in oh, memory of Gene Oakland, holy balls, holy balls. which is great. Yeah. Uh, and Ono rolls up for the win, of course, immediately after this. Matt Riddle, who is banned from ringside medically, apparently the doctors changed their minds. He takes off to go downstairs and down to the ring in his flip-flops and is held back, and that was pretty much where we ended the show. Yeah, it, it was odd to me to have this end the show, um, especially considering that have a match so far but yeah yeah i mean so and we were talking a little bit before we started recording and this is what what we were talking about um 
you get to these shows, and this is where you sort of hit a dead zone in NXT because you're two weeks out of the, the takeover. You've got you don't want to give away too much of what's going to happen at takeover in terms of guys being in the ring together because NXT, unlike WWE, keeps guys pretty much separate if they're going to face off at the pay per view. They don't do 17 tag matches where they're in the ring together. Um, so you keep them separate. They they sort of limit to video packages, and then they sort of go to guys who are not on the card or not don't have a major program and sort of use them in these last two weeks the great episodes of nxt are sort of the the episodes where you're sort of in between takeovers and they're running the angles the main event angles sort of on the show that's where you get the great ones these ones right before takeovers are usually sort of blah and the last two weeks i think have have sort of proven that point yeah yeah very much so um you know like i said we'll we're not sure what's going on here. We could get uh, Queef and Riddle in a tag match against Ono and somebody else, or we could get, you know, um, Riddle and Ono because it seems what they're kind of going towards. Uh, ono should get Adrian Jowd. That guy's a fucking beast. Yeah, there you go. Or, or Mexican <laughs> Bo Dallas. He's pretty good too. Yeah. Well, he's on 205 Live now. Oh, there you go. So he got all up in Buddy Murphy's ass this week. Yeah, he was he was the mystery cruiserweight that debuted this week. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. More more on that when uh, Jeff puts out his episode of Hurry Up and Cruiserweight, or when Jeff puts out his wiener. That's right. Which uh, will vaccinate you apparently. So yes. good on him. Yeah, good good on him. Uh, so yeah, so that was that was this episode of NXT. Like I said, we've got one more episode before the takeover. So uh, next week. Me and Jason will present to you the Go Home Show, and we will see what happens on that one. Yeah, this was not a must-see episode of NXT, so unless you're a diehard fan, take your time. Go check out DiJack and, and Jad. It was actually a surprisingly interesting match, but DiJack showing a lot of the potential that he's going to be a star in this promotion at some point. Um, but yeah, other than that, this was an imminently skippable episode of NXT. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so with that, we will direct you right back over again to rundownwrestling.com. And uh, if you are already listening to this on rundownwrestling.com, go ahead and drop a comment on this one. Uh, let us know what uh, Cassius Ono is wearing. Let us know what you're wearing or not wearing. Um, or just kind of comment on what you thought of the show in general. But we will be back next week. Uh, and make sure to check out rundownwrestling.com again tomorrow night for a brand new episode of the Rundown Wrestling Podcast, the flagship show. Where we may or may not have a special fourth chair. We, we, we probably won't. But four, four, four swinging dicks on one episode. That's right. We'll see. And maybe I'll quit. Who knows? Maybe an, maybe an episode without a dick. Maybe. maybe. Or, or someone, someone without a dick on an episode. Well, I mean... Besides Adam. Depend, depending what time of day. <laughs> That'll do it. So yet again, we will say, Jason. Does that I see you next Wednesday? Yeah, there you go. Doesn't carry the same. It doesn't. But yeah. With that, bye bye.